Welcome to the Love Winecast, a joint production between Love Wine, an independent wine merchant located in Jersey in the Channel Islands, and two local award-winning podcasters, Mike Dean and Rob Dudley. So, Malbec, do you Malbec. like it? Hate it. It's going to make the next hour really uncomfortable. <laughs> Malbec, love it. Yeah, absolutely love it. I'm very excited. Yeah, very excited about this one. Can I ask you why? Um, we're throwing ooh. that straight out yeah, there. That's that's the question of the I love it so much. <laughs> because it is, um, I think it's one of those, and this is coming from a position of no authority whatsoever. It's one of those wines that a lot of people just assume comes in a certain way, and I've had, I've been lucky enough to experience enough variations to understand that actually it is a wonderful set of wines. It produces a wonderful set of wines. Yeah. It can be made in many different ways, served young, uh, served old. Um, obviously, we've got geographic differences that I'm sure we're going to get into in, in some detail. As best I can. But, it, yeah, yeah. but mostly, you know why I like it? Because it's the kind of red wine that gives you a giant, great fucking hug. Yeah. Yeah, that, um, yes. It is a proper red wine drinker's red wine. It yeah, is it's a big old, big body, yeah. big number. It's yeah. a very, mm. it's a loved red wine, isn't it? Mm. I, mean, it's, I think if you were, if there was a Malbec on the gla- by the glass in just a standard pub, um, I'd probably be more confident. It's a safe bet to order right? that. You know what you're going to get. It yeah. might not be the greatest wine in the universe, but you know what you're going to get. By the glass, Malbec. Well, you're having Eleven Rose beef on a Sunday lunch, right? Argentina. Give me a big old glass of red, red Malbec, yep. then I'll be yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Argentina. Generally, Mendoza, generally, yep. price point, generally, yep. it's there on that list. And you think, okay, let's do that. And I'll probably have a have a Sunday roast and off we go. Yep. That's it. And a lot of it is predictable, repeatable. It lands. It, and it is half decent. And it's easy to spot on the shelf because it's got a cow on the bottle. So we've got a cow on the label. <laughs> well, I don't know. This one's got a cock on the bottle. Well, we'll get, yeah, to, yeah, that. We'll get yeah. to that later. Um, I, uh, yeah, Malbec. I, look, this is the first one we're doing, first podcast we're doing for a specific varietal so i think there's a lot of detail that we could go into but I, it's it's hard to keep that detail in my head so yeah sure. i do have stuff written down bits fair and pieces enough. like yeah, and a, um, history and what have you but we've got three wines that we're comparing all malbec some under other guises but we we do uh we're gonna taste them all we've got some food not that anyone can see that, but it looks amazing. <laughs> I spent quite a long time making food for food that I've just realised that no one can see. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Or here. Or here. Don't yeah, they say with food? Those bits out, yeah. Don't they say with food? It's, uh, it's, you, you, you pretty much tasted it with your eyes. <laughs> yeah, you, you eat with your you eyes, eyes first. Before, yeah, yeah. Indeed, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll tell everyone what it's like. But if I anybody think... wants to know what it's like, just check Mike, Mike's Instagram. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, but I think, I think Malbec is on the, in a generic situation liked for it's kind of rich dark fruit flavors kind of it's smooth chocolatey characters and mm-hmm, i'm really mm-hmm. generalizing because it's yeah. not all like that but that sure. is what you're we're, when we're talking about that yeah. little glass of when wine you say malbec, malbec, that's what people think yeah, yeah. i mean it, and it, de- it tends to come the mainstream malbec comes from argentina at the moment mm-hmm. yeah um so i think malbec obviously is from argentina but it's come from france mm-hmm. via chile Right. <laughs> you know. sure, and yeah. it's probably not as known in Chile. Uh, uh, there are areas, but Chile mm. has its speciality grape variety, which would be Carmenere. Okay. Right. Argentina has its speciality grape variety, which is, well, its biggest varietal, red varietal, mm. is, uh, is 
um, Malbec, right, followed okay. up by Bernarda. If you've, if you've, heard is that Bernarda. a native varietal? Yeah, and then they have this, which is from France. So yeah, yeah this yeah. has come from France. Yeah. Bernarda, actually, I don't even know where it's come. I, th- I have no idea. Don't quite okay. I don't know. I don't know where Bernarda's come from. Mm. I've a very. I haven't really drunk much Bernarda. Bernarda tasted it, mm. so I have no real. So watch your space for our Bernarda episodes. We uh, yeah, go, we need oh, a whole really nice, an hour of Bernarda. No, <laughs> Torontes is like the white. The white equivalent of it, yeah, Argentinian yeah, yeah. white space. So we could do a Bernardo Torontes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that would be ten minutes. Um, <laughs> no, no, under doing it. But um, but but coming from France, it's it's known under different names. One mm. is uh, one is which is very not very well known, but it really kind of comes from the Cahors area. Is probably known better as Auxerrois. Okay, which is yep. spelled A U double X E R O I S. Wow, okay. That's, okay, a, lot, I, that's I, a very I, French word. Yeah. Oh, I don't little... really know that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. is this such thing as... Oh, no, I just that, 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 that sounds oh, ancient. Yeah, 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 indeed, yeah. That's an old French word. Yeah, and, then, indeed, yeah. and then the other, which is probably better known, is cot. Or, I sure. mean, you, if you say coat really, mm. in a really posh accent, it's like mm. coat. <laughs> so it's more like cot, cot. Yeah. Anyway, that's cot. So that would be more so in uh, the Loire. And that, I've, got, I've got to say, that is something for someone that's trying to learn about wine is infuriating in that you make a wine with a type of grape, but if you're in using it somewhere else or the town over, or it doesn't even have to be a different country, it could literally be 10 miles, they call it something else. Yeah. Not okay, man. The Making it unnecessarily complicated. Morvedra. Look at Morvedra. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's called Mataro in, yeah. in, in America. In America. Yeah. Um, it drives me I mean, insane. The Aussies call Syrah Shiraz. <laughs> it's but it just it. It's pretty sure that's there. how you say Syrah once you've drunk too much of it. But, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you call, yeah. if you get it called Shiraz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However, yeah. Um, I mean, going back to Malbec because that's mm. why we're here. Um, you're really looking at like there are there are really three different lots of different flavours behind it characters mm-hmm. etc but primary flavours would be black cherry pomegranate plum raspberry blackberry blueberry raisin mm-hmm. um, and then you've got your kind of more um, well, tertiary tertiary mm-hmm. characters which mm-hmm. are more of your kind of cocoa milk chocolate coffee mocha molasses leather black right. pepper green stem gravel tobacco so and then your big flavors right your, your yeah big, those. your big hard hitters yeah and and we're going to blow this out of the water because i think uh looking at these kind of characters i think that's from the, the where there's more sunshine mm-hmm. and warmer warmer Mal, warmer mm-hmm. malbec if i can say warmer yeah. malbec and then you have like the the uh the winemaker influence which is more the barrel age side okay. which would be your vanilla your dill coconut chocolate and and mocha okay so depending what they're aged in what kind of barrel how they're aged that exactly kind of stuff, the three okay. we've got tonight okay. are aged in three different ways which i think is really cool. really quite cool. interesting yeah um and then taste profile they're generally dry mm-hmm. so low sugar um and then full body medium tannin but again i think we're going to break that blow that out of the water <laughs> yeah, with yeah, the yeah. first wine i think we've already yeah we've <laughs> already discussed that, that low yeah. Tannin. Yeah. um and then i'm generalizing these and then medium to low acidity and then the alcohol averages between 13 mm. and a half to stonking 15 percent yeah yeah and we know yeah. that because the more sugar uh, the more sorry sunshine these grapes will get um, especially in Argentina, where yeah. the hang time is longer, yeah. they get more sunshine. Yeah. They're able to stay on the uh, on the vine longer, and they just they just get riper. But that's the thing, right? So Malbec is a grape that loves 
sunshine, yeah. which is why it was transplanted from France to Argentina, because what you're going to bring over there, something that wants a lot of sun. Um, so yeah, so it lends itself to big, massive, oh, good Lord, I've had a glass of wine with my steak and I can't stand up <laughs> after dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, then, and um, I mean, I've got down here the real breakdown between Argentinian Malbec and a French Malbec. Mm. Um, but if I was just to read this out, the main fruit from Argentina... You're going to expect the main fruit flavors in a glass of Argentine Malbec are blackberry, plum, black cherry, nuanced flavors. I don't know, nuance. Who likes the word nuanced flavors? What does that even mean? Does it mean anything? I quite like the word nuanced nuance flavors. Nuanced flavors offer milk chocolate, coke powder, violet flowers, leather. You got that really nice lifted violet mm. in, in, in Argentinian Malbec. Leather, and then depending on the, the amount of oak aging, you've got that kind of sweet tobacco yeah, yeah. finish. And then from France, which is kind of, we're really looking at Loire and and, and uh, down so the Southwest, yeah. area. Um, it's more leathery. I mean, to be honest, I can. I don't even need to read this out. It's just a bit more grunty. It's a bit more tannic. <laughs> it's a bit more, a bit more meaty. Like it. yeah, it's yeah. a bit more rustic. And mm. and and before we were talking before off off record about the frost. Mm. Well, uh, it's because historically Malbec was huge in France, right? Yeah. They, they grew tons of it. Mm. Um, and it recently, in relative recent years, it's it's dwindled in popularity and a lot of that according to record is because of two main problems that they had with the crop one was a, a giant frost in i think it's 50 50 yeah but it was it was a big frost that took out the majority of the crop um yeah. and they were left with a choice of do we replant or mm. do we go with something different something that potentially is a bit more popular yeah and also i think there was um uh, there was an infestation issue as well Mm. Um, yeah so which the we spoke in about I think in the first episode yeah nasty little thing yeah so then 1956 was the frost which killed 75% of the crop in mm. France which is huge right yeah, 75% yeah, yeah. of the crop and the and thing is, is it's it's not it's just a, sorry, sorry it's not just killed the, the that yield it's mm. killed the vine yeah, yeah. Um, so they've got, so they've got to go they again. They've wasted a year. They've wasted. And, and, and year, it yeah. might be. I mean, sucking you guys to suck eggs, but teaching you guys to suck eggs. But you know, vine takes what four or five years to reach wine producing maturity. Yes. Well, six. Yeah. 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 So it's not like you can just also, pop to B and Q and get cracking. Is it now one well. of the components of Bordeaux? One of the like yeah. Yeah. so it's quite a big so deal. Originally, because it was losing before fifty-six, it's quite a big deal, right? Before that frost, you had. Mm. It cropping up in the Bordeaux blend mm-hmm. alongside. It's like the Noble Five, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's one yeah, of the, yeah. was it? And it's a tiny minority now, but it kind of migrated. Cahors were the ones that decided to replant. Okay, right. And as a result, they now have the main concentration of Malbec. Right, right. In one of which France. we have tonight, sure, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. we've got a Cahors tonight. Mm. Um, but I think, I think back, the, the, going straight back into um, how. Um, it got into Argentina. I think there was a, was a slight crossover mm-hmm. between it and, and to be honest, you know, I'm trying to remember now, but generally speaking, it went straight over to Chile, sat yeah. in Chile for a while yeah. because there were, after the, um, after the occupation, or after the, when it became independent again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got a date here. It's okay, and you can do the paper. I'll do the paper. Right, right, no one's going to remember specific dates, so no one's going to begrudge you the. No, it's fine. We we've just bust a whole bunch of people's um, 
whole bunch of people's beliefs. We we have notes, people. <laughs> we have notes. It's it, wine. It basically got written down. <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah. It went via Chile. Chile's independence was in the early nineteenth. Uh, came out in the early nineteenth century, mm-hmm. um, and all that stability allowed mm-hmm. all the. the the, the landowners to start drinking a lot of French fine wine okay. and um, it first arrived in Santiago in the 1840s mm-hmm. and then they believed it was carried over the Andes on nice. a mule sure. <laughs> various cuttings yeah. and they ended up in Mendoza right okay Mendoza was just better suited to growing Malbec mm. and they found out that it was just basically a lot more fruit forward mm. uh, softer tannin mm. um, and a lot better climate for, it for just making. grows incredibly well there so yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. exactly and um, apparently there's a French botanist in ni- 1868 who hoped to improve wine quality in the region mm. um, so yeah there we go He's like the head of the or the 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 I don't know, I don't want to say king the president of um, Argentina at the time spoke to this French botanist and said what are we going to do to improve wine production in this country and he was like well you're already growing it because you got it from Chile this is the one to place your bets on basically and that's why it was massively proliferated because the president uh, he's probably not a president I'm getting it wrong but the president of of Argentina at the time was like right national decree. You buggers, this is what you grow. He was Cockney, this guy. Um, <laughs> but he said, yeah, so it was like a natural decree of this is our wine that we're going to grow. Uh, and yeah, and now Argentinian Malbec is massive. Is Argentinian Malbec. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But then we could say that the French, because of those climates, it allows mm. that, that Argentine, we'll get to it later, but the mm. Argentine climate allows for it to ripen longer, alcohol levels to come mm. higher, mm. and fruit forward and less of that tannic element. Mm. Um, France basically has a has a higher acidity, um, more of the black pepper, more of the cool climate spices. Yeah. Um, because and then rather than the warm the warm spices of cinnamon. So that that's what that's what interests me when we were talking about what we were going to talk about today. That's what interests me even more than talking about Melbeck is the way that the same grape is going to taste different depending on where it's grown, how it's made, and just it rains a bit more here, so you can ah, get more of this. About that. Right. We were again talking off my. It's not technically the same grape. The varietal that Argentina have predates the. Let's call it the purge to make it sound super dramatic. <laughs> um, Are you but, talking about the 50s purge? The yeah, the, purge. The, the, the 50s, really? uh, 75%. As a result, it's actually believed uh, by people who know this thing, the, the, right. these things, and, and I've read about mm. um, that the Argentinian varietal is now lost in France. They no longer grow it. So it's a descendant it. of this lost varietal from France that's still being grown in, in, in Amsterdam, in, in, in Argentina. I, I believe uh, wow. so. I mean, yeah, we say. Wow. Phylloxera, basically, it went over to Chile and in its Argentina at such time it. Where lost, was I when you had this conversation? I think it lost itself evening. in France and they had to, they've got a lesser quality wow. um, vine. vine Nobody um, tell the French, they'll be furious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just, it's, it's just a different, I mean, it's still, it's still Malbec, it's just yeah, yeah. subtly different. The grapes are that's, larger that's on the French varietal. Wow. Um, and a couple of right, other. Well, I tell you it, what, boy, I said, and I'm no longer interested in this podcast. Let's drink some wine. Let's drink some wine. <laughs> so, fun facts about Malbec. Malbec loves the sun. We've talked about this already, sure. which yeah. is great. Should we taste some wine quickly? I mean, I'll talk about facts. We might as well. Tell. We haven't even tasted. Let's taste any some wine, wine. then we'll do some facts. Which wine should we go for? <laughs> <laughs> we've got three in front of us. Anyway, uh, we, we've actually we've actually put them all out. Um, in order so, so um, have you said the names of the wines we're drinking yeah so the first wine we're drinking I'm going to be very careful with these bottles mm-hmm. oh. 
the first one we're drinking is from left to right. Is um, I've just got the bottle here. So it's a it's called La Pepe, La Papi, and um, it's from Domaine de la Papière. Mm-hmm. Um, I pronounced that correctly. Yeah, I think you got it. It sounded legit. And it's, a cot, it's a cot, it's a cot rouge, cote rouge, mm-hmm. cot rouge, uh, which is a uh, Malbec from uh, Loire. It's actually mm-hmm. from uh, the Muscadet region near Nantes. Yes, yeah, so it's from further west than the Loire, right? It's like yeah. the west of the Loire. Sorry, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's yeah, the westernmost part of the Loire, so yeah, it's yeah. where it comes out into the this. Yeah. It's, uh, if you ever pick up a bottle of Muscadet mm-hmm. and you really want the good stuff, mm. you look at um, you look at the little kind of names we call it. Uh, it's Sevres et Men. Mm-hmm. And that really mm-hmm. denotes the, the the best part for Muscadet. Right, it happens okay. to be growing pretty good um, cot down well, there, Melbourne okay. down there. Yeah. Um, and it's the first time. This is the first kind of Loire kind of Malbec we've had, mm. um, and it's definitely different mm. to. It's like a summer Malbec. <laughs> it's a summer yeah. Malbec, is what it is. Um, yeah. But it's a it's a it's a wine that's made um, with. Very carefully. I mean, I think you've got to be, if you've got to understand that when you're making, if you think about the amount of sunshine that it gets in Argentina, how on earth can you grow that same grape variety in a cooler climate, mm. which is very unpredictable? Yeah. And I think the, the, the first point here on the fun fact is that Malbec loves sun, and sun helps Malbec produce thick skins and high color pigment. Right, okay. So this is where you get your deep colors from Argentina mm-hmm. and Cahor. Yeah. It's warmer down there. But you're thinking, well, how on earth do you get a Loire? Like, we live not far from Loire, and Mm. we have nice weather from time to time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's certainly not predictable. Not predictable, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, they're they're near the coast as well. So they have that Atlantic influence, which is going to regulate their their area. So it's not going to... It's significantly less inland than the main Loire Valley, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, look, look at... I reckon that weather... I live at Portlet. Mm. I shouldn't say this because it's going around the whole world. Yes. <laughs> you live on the coast. You live on the coast, yeah, yeah. which is prolific for receiving every single storm front that comes through. Sure. Yeah. So if you put that in the same situation as none, and you try and grow grapes, yeah, that love sunshine. I'm sure it's the same thing. <laughs> and this is why. This is so why this wine is grown by crazy people. The <laughs> <laughs> French. Here we go. Cut that. But <laughs> <laughs> Muscadet um, is naturally a really high acid very lean white wine yeah which is you know so how on earth are you gonna i don't know i I don't know how they do it well one way they do do i do kind of have an idea they do a certain trellising which allows for it to ripen longer and better it's held very open right so rather than being grown in a bush like like what they call the goblet style essentially it's held very open so i think it sounds like the, the moisture doesn't cling to it as much it dries easier because it's the leaves literally and the and the grapes are held that much more open that the sun can get to them to dry them out so yeah. they don't rot. Whereas yeah. traditionally they grow in a goblet where the water would stay clung to the leaves and the grapes and it would cause rot and frost and that kind of stuff. Okay, it yeah, sounds no. weird, but it, that's what makes it would be because it, yeah. you've got when you want to ripen a grape. Mm. Uh, you want to open up its canopy so it gets the sunshine on yeah. it, and it it it, it so basically pumps it for the sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And that's where this trellising—it's like a three-line trellising—so mm. it expands the expands the, the vine and allows that mm. fruit to get as much ripening as possible. Um, because they don't what they don't want to do, and we're going to kind of the techniques of it, technical technicalities, is we don't want to start. You've already seen how tannic. It's, it's got a very mm. strong tannic structure, um, although it's light, which I love. Mm. It's light. It's not fat and tannic. It's not heavy and tannic. It's light and tannic. And yeah. I think that's 
that we can go into that but it, it kind of that kind of allows it to has sunshine not the full amount tannic is from the skins mm. um i'm losing my chain of thought um <laughs> <laughs> but it's there it's it's quite typical of a cool climate okay. area a, a warm great variety potentially growing in a cool climate and um they don't want to chaptalize it so what that means is a chaptalization is when you add sugar to the to the to the sure, ferment yeah, to yeah. increase its alcohol, or you add tannin to increase the tannin. Mm. Uh, 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 you, you add sugar, then obviously it changes the flavour, but also increases the the alcohol proof and that kind of stuff as well. I yeah, suppose. you'd want to so, add sugar at the beginning, yeah, yeah. so it then increases the alcohol. Yeah, yeah. And it happens when you're in a cooler climate area and mm. you don't get the sugar right. Because you wouldn't need so to do that ordinarily with Malbec because it's, an, it's grown in Argentina, thicker mm. skins, longer in the sun, higher sugar. And yeah, I think so. the best winemakers don't want to do it even in a cool climate. They just don't want to add mm. stuff. Mm. They just want to get the flavour of the grape, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, exactly. The natural sugar that comes out of the grape is going to make better wine, although it does sound yeah. a little bit like, I mean, I know we... Um, joked about it before. It doesn't sound like this is an utterly inappropriate wine yeah, to, no, to make. Uh, There's, uh, why? why? Yeah, exactly. Why make life difficult? Yeah. I think it's because it's historically there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the tradition that they're it. trying to bring back. I mean, it's, they're very, this vineyard's extremely organic in its production methods. They use various herbs and stuff. I know you were saying yeah. about that earlier. You wanted to, so to mention that. The estate was, it was established by yeah. uh, Marc Olivier. Mm. In 1984, so it's, you know, mm. it's quite young. Quite young. Mm. Um, and then uh, Remy Bronger joined in 2007. And uh, <laughs> here we go. Please excuse me. <laughs> Gwenali. Gwenali? Would you say Gwenali Croix? I don't know, <laughs> would I? <laughs> Gwenali. Gwenali, that's your new name. Um, and she joined in 2012. Sure. Okay. Uh, so the, the, the trio make uh, great wine. Mm. Um, and then, I mean, between Remy studied viticulture and joined Mark at his estate, and then Gwenoline, she didn't actually have any wine information. She was an engineer, uh, and then and then uh, trained as an engineer, and then mm. now they're making um, pretty pretty good wine. The 2006, they stopped using herbicides, okay. opting instead to plow and to lightly rake the soil. 2007, they took their organic work a step further by treating the vines with copper sulfur which are organic um they're approved yeah, additions to the soil sure, right yeah. exactly um and then uh, yeah they're going down the the route of we're talking about nettles comfrey horsetail um they 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 kind of they harvest that um, by the main river um and they steep them and then fermenting them and using them and spreading them so I I read this extremely wrong because I spoke to Rob about this earlier (laughs) I read this in that they were steeping them in the wine and I was like it's weird is it going to taste like nettles he's like no they steep them and ferment them and then use them as like fertiliser like oh okay right okay because in essence it's all biodynamic principles (laughs) yeah indeed yeah yeah, indeed Um, (laughs) I've never had nettle wine before that would be weird <laughs> not nettle wine, by the way, to anybody listening if, if a million me miles that, away. There's almost from no nettle way. Wine. If, if you let me believe that, there's almost no way that I wouldn't have been like, this one's probably my favourite. <laughs> this one's the weirdest. <laughs> uh, well, and you can see it's organic on the back because yep. of the laid back label, it's got the yep. organic label. But it doesn't have the um, Demeter um, biodynamic. Sure. On there, they're not like, it's in yeah. transition into they're that. not cultivating when there's a well, sorry it's in transition, transition. Are they they're building they are, towards they're in transition they're moving oh, towards really? that yeah, yeah, yeah. really wow okay. and if you look on the back here my French isn't it's best at the best isn't very good at the best of times but it does say um, she's made uh, without enzymes 
Um, okay. So sure, we're okay. really looking at, we're, again, we're, there's no preservatives. There's kind of no stuff, preservatives. Well, I, think I think there's sulfites. There's a bit there's of not, sulfur, yeah, probably yeah, used yeah. at the end, but it's used without enzymes. So it's a, it's a minimal intervention wine. Yeah. So, um, and it's, so it's hands off. We've ticked that box for the wine podcast Tick. for me, and I'm, I'm happy. Rob's rolling his eyes. Oh, these need to pass that. <laughs> these are right. <laughs> so uh, should we, uh, honestly, it's going to kill me if we don't try this. So can we? <laughs> yeah, come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's get your nose in there. Oh, it's light. Yeah, I think for the nose, I actually thought it was going to be greener than it is. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's actually very green. I was expecting it to have that, you know, Cabernet Franc in, in yeah, the yeah. north. Uh, in, in light, it has that green, the, the, God, the, pear, the pear teams, but they, they have that green kind of pepper bell character or herbaceous character. Yeah, I don't think this I, does. It doesn't. It's, it's it kind floral? Of, yeah. Really? Yeah, floral. I think it's floral. I mean... It's destemmed, fermented, and they put the bed in a four day cold maceration. So it's destemmed, which is why it's so light as well. Yeah, it takes off the, yeah, yeah. yeah take, but the destemming. Um, but it doesn't, allows, it doesn't remove any of the tannins, does it? It doesn't I remove mean. tannins. No, definitely. definitely. I, I think they destem it because well, I don't dry, think I'd be interested to know whether they get that, the, the phenolic ripeness of the stems. Mm. So I think, I think they probably destem it because the stems are a little bit bitter. Yeah. Because uh, of it being up in the lower valley, so I don't think just can't push it far enough. Quite, to... quite. They've done a really good job with the with the with the juice, uh, the, mm. the grape ripeness, but the actual. Um... So is that dryness from the skins? Then is there skin this, contact? Yeah, the tannin is all from the on the skin contact. And it's probably a little bit more extracted because if they added the added the, the stems in there, yeah, uh, it would have a bit more of a breakup, and it wouldn't well, extract as much. It's, but it's, it's but it's so there's such strong fruit and such strong dryness and they but they only use free run juices it says here so free run juices when right. they actually just leave it under pressure and the skins split and then let the juice so that, it runs out so it's the softest what it's called the, the type of maceration where yeah the, the, the not carbonic are, not carbonic. no that's okay. a different thing but free run juices when they they get all the pretty juice mm. off it they don't wow. use the they don't use the the, the fully extracted juice, right, okay. it. and that which makes it lighter. I suppose, makes it lighter, well. yeah, exactly. And then aging takes place in stainless steel vats for five months. So there's no flavour added from the from the aging, and it's just pure the juice. No wood, pure, pure no, the juice. No, oak. no wood, no wood, pure juice. I mean, um, it's Oof. it's high acid. Nice. It's got a bit of farmyard funk in there. Right? actually starting to it's starting to open up. Um, a bit of earthy, earthiness, bit, yeah. especially on the palate, a bit more than on the nose. Uh, you've got a, you've got a medicinal zing across the nose. There is definitely as much as I hate to say it, but there's a TCP note in that. Lifted note, yeah. Back of, the, should... back of the tongue, there's a bit of. Rob's gonna. I'm not gonna look at him while I say this. It's got a bit of funk on the back of the tongue. Funk on the funk, <laughs> funk on the yeah. Okay, well, I think it has. I think it has. It's it's definitely a. I think this needs food. The best way to taste wine mm-hmm. and eat food, mm-hmm. eat food and taste wine. Mm-hmm. If you're doing your, if you're doing your food pairing, is to taste the wine. Okay. Throw the food in your mouth. Enjoy the food. Yep. And then taste the wine after, and right. then see how that. So have the flavour of your wine still in your mouth. Eat the food. Yep. Then have the wine again. So it's around, it's bookends it, okay. I mean, you've got to look with food pairings. It's a science in itself, I'm pretty sure. And certain people really, really, really like it. I mean, I think you've got to look at weight on weight and compare and contrast. And and there are structural elements to wine that you want to look at, structural elements of the food. Mm -hmm. Um, Just for example, 
sweet and salt goes really well together. Yeah. Um, but tannin and salt doesn't. Yeah. So I mean, that's the thing, like, I'm super into cooking. So it's all about, when you're cooking something, it's all about balance. Like you say, sweet and salt and, you know, hot, what is it? Salt, sugar, fat, heat, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then to take that into another step of also you're pairing it with a drink, mm. with something else altogether is, yeah, I mean, that, that blows my mind. It's uh, how, how songs do beer tasting, how songs do wine, wine pairing is... But have a sip, have a sip. You're just going to do, you're going to do the, one of the main, you're going to be able to tell immediately. Yeah. Something here. It's softened the food. It does soften the tannins right out. Soften the tannins. That's crazy, yeah. And and that's just the, that's the protein working, breaking down the tannin in the wine and allowing the fruit to come to the forefront. So we are back. Um, We cut to avoid uh, you having to hear us chew a load of food. But we've just eaten uh, chicken uh, stuffed with chorizo wrapped in palm ham. Uh, We've tried with the first wine because, well, we we hoped it would go well with it. And I think it was quite successful. What do you guys think? Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. I think it's good. I was a bit concerned before because Mm -hmm. I didn't tell you actually, even off record. (laughs) Um, Chorizo with it carrying a little bit of heat. Mm. Um, heat and kind of the and tannin, yeah. Tannic wines don't doesn't necessarily go. This sure. is not the best compliment. Yeah. yeah. However, it, I think it was great because it was it wasn't un, it wasn't overwhelming. It was actually really well balanced. And then the the chicken. Um, it was smoky but not spicy. Yeah, exactly. and I think yeah. that really worked with the earthiness yeah. of the wine. Mm-hmm. I think also the fact that you've got the the tannin was just quashed because of its. The, the protein mm. you say all the protein just smoosh it it's yeah, yeah. They, work, they work they work really well together and what you're left with is juicy fruity yeah, goodness that the is fruit comes yeah. quite magical yeah, yeah. yeah you wouldn't have thought it, it would be quite so juicy until we had as much as I hate that word you wouldn't think it would be quite as much until you had something to eat that kind of yeah. tampered down the other side of it I mean I would like to put this with like a you know like that kind of that that deli style um, that's well. That's that deli style chorizo sausage yeah, yeah, yeah. nice light lunch with a nut, and I would chill this a bit more. I know it's tannic, a hundred percent, but it's yeah, tannic now. But because yeah. I wouldn't have if I tasted the wine on its yeah. own with tannin, I wouldn't have chilled it. You'd chill it down with some charcuterie with the food, yeah, exactly. And then it would the fruit would come out, and it'd just be a really nice. I might even and that, chill um, it down with some charcuterie and even some. Um, what do they call them in France? I'm going to, you know, like the gherkins, the cornichon, even that kind of thing, that that kind of, uh, you mentioned, sorry, Rob, I, I'm not trying to steal your thunder, but you mentioned the terrine. Um, and I think that would be stellar. I'd yeah, say acid, stellar. because it's high acid. I think yeah. you know, that kind of pickled... Com- complementary acid to yeah. hit the high notes. You've got to be so careful to with pickled, uh, pickled stuff. Pickled much, vinegar yeah. is not a friend. Mm. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to judge it and say yeah you before mm-hmm. i would try mm-hmm. it because yeah. vinegar does attack um i'm so tempted to go and get wine. some cornichons right now it's unbelievable you can you can have a, a, a post-podcast pickle yeah we'll, we'll uh, to, the one thing i would say that actually what you just said was a bit of a revelation because i must admit if i open a bottle of wine that is that tannic up front my immediate reaction and i think i said this to you off mic is to let it stand for a good hour or so to let those tannins soften naturally mm. and uh, yeah and that's true that's um good. but the idea that actually you would say actually don't worry about that too much let's chill it down have it with some food that 
complements the, the the protein and make it bounce. Yeah, that is new to me, and yeah. I approve of it. <laughs> well, it no. saves you having to the camp. We're talking it. about <laughs> we're talking about the RD seal of approval. <laughs> so the, the I'll put in something that you think is dunk. <laughs> Do you think Malbec's been associated with steak for so long, right? Everyone's like, but I don't I'm know go. that I want to have this with steak. But this is the thing. This is the thing. I mean, yeah. you've got. I mean, maybe this. Maybe this is not. This is not steak. Mm. Um, oh, it might be a, a ribeye. It might be a it something might with like high fat. High fat. To I mean, cut through. In it. essence, I think it, this is kind of my point because I think when you get your Argentinian Malbecs. They're lower tannin. Mm. When you get your French ones, they're higher tannin. Yeah. And when you start pairing tannin levels up with meat, yeah. you want the leaner ones. Do you know what's the be leaner with? meat likes less tannin? This would be good with cassoulet. This would be good with wagyu. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know cassoulet. I mean, you are. You are a foodie. That's why you know cassoulet. But cassoulet, yeah. I've got. I think you need something a bit more. Uh, I, I like, you need a bit I, richer. And, I think the yeah. acidity would cut through it really nicely. It would, I but I don't so think rich. it would. I don't think it would pair up with the mm. power of cassoulet. Challenge accepted. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I'm going to bring some sour, and, and this, this brings us to a whole other level. Let's pause recording. I'm going to go make a cassoulet. We've got, we got six we got hours, right? Four, six hours. You need to go and catch a hair first. And I've got some comfy duck legs out the back. It's fine. <laughs> I ended up uh, being, I was in the south of France, and I, the reason I love cassoulet is mm. because it was kind of like, that is the dish in the south of France, isn't it? Languedoc area. And the wine down there is predominantly big. Mm. Wine, yeah. like it, and it's usually Syrah, Morvedra, Carignan, what have you, mm. um, Sanso, and it and it works well with cassoulet. Mm. And uh, I remember going down there, and we were going to a restaurant um, in just further north of the mountains, actually, in in the middle of the mountains. I can't mm. remember the name of the village, and having uh, looking at a local dish, I didn't go for cassoulet. I went for the local hare. Right. And um, they, they I, killed a local hare. I was always, for you. <laughs> yeah, I was told not to go for the hare. If yeah. I did go for the hare, mm. watch out for the bullet. Sure. Yeah, and it was true. The yeah. second bite, I actually got a bullet and the chewed shot. down. Yeah, and got amazing. shard and shard, wow. shard, and not shard like the vegetable shard. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Or the bullet, and it was, and it, and it was interesting. But, but that's the whole south of France for me, and Cassoulet mm. and you know, bullets and hares. Mm. And, Expensive dental work. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and a very cheap dish, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hardly paid for it. I think. Yeah. Uh, but then, anyway, anyway, this is we are we are up we're up north in France, and um, and it's uh, <laughs> Le, Le Pepe yeah. was uh, is is a very different style of Malbec that mm. we're used to, um, and it's more of a. It's great, and it's, say, it's it's a lovely surprise. Yeah, good. Well, let's try um, Cajo Cajo. Cahors. 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 Cahors is a cool place. I, it's quite a medieval, it's a medieval town. Yeah. Wow, okay. um, really old, let's put it that way. And uh, beautiful, beautiful, right in kind of the south, within the southwest France, probably southwest. a little bit further. It's further quite central. North. It's, it's, like, quite, it's yeah. like north, southwest. bordering yeah. on that kind yeah. of area. Um, I think uh, Armagnac is from near around there, isn't it? Armagnac. You're asking me. <laughs> Armagnac is around the area. The old, so the the brandy, mm-hmm. uh, yep. and um, it's it's a it's a beautiful area. Really rolling hills, forested, sure. um, valleys of kind of big deep um, deep 
Um, well, that, like that part of France, just above there, is just like the biggest national park of France, isn't it? It's, yeah. just, it's just forest, basically. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's stunning. Yeah. It's stunning. And I, I, when I was working in the south, I, had, I ended up driving up to Cahors. I don't mm. know why I picked Cahors. Probably because I'd heard about Cahors. I knew it was good for Malbec, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, I'm going to go there, because yeah. I've got a weekend free sure. um, when I was doing my wine stuff. And I drove up there and met a friend who was coming down to go to um, go surfing on the, on the West Coast, mm-hmm. um, and we are down in Hosoga, and he came down to her, we met, and we said, what should we do? Well, okay, let's go canoeing. So we ended up going yeah, canoeing down yeah. the lot. Right, okay. And we, got, we, got, we found this kind of... Um, I know. Well, it was like a, a canoe specialist group, and they put right. us in a minibus. Right. And as two beginners, that was perfect for <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> and they put us in a, a minibus right. one more early morning, yeah. and they drove for about two hours up the river. Mm. I remember. I think Ad and I had literally been out the night before, and sure. it was just a long minibus. Yeah. And um, this was ten years ago. And then you were getting on a boat. And so they gave us two kayak, kayak each. Right. Yeah. But I, we were we were very diligent, and I stopped off at the shop beforehand mm. and got um, a bottle of Rica. Sure. Well, you were in France. You were in France, and you got water all around, so exactly. no worries. Yeah. A bottle of Rica. Yeah. Um, a um, a baguette, yeah. and um, a, a a load of cheese. <laughs> That's and literally the, uh, the most hungover <laughs> I'm in France thought I've ever seen in my life. Oh man, I need to go selling the shop. Where am I? France. A bottle of Rica, a baguette, and some cheese. How can you I buy be a string more of onions French. as well, dude? <laughs> yeah. I want to. I want to. I want to fit in. So we, we set off on this way, and we had this. Uh, we was, we were on our on our canoes paddling down, and the lot was beautiful. Gorgeous and gorgeous and gorgeous. It was literally just like gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous on gorgeous on gorgeous. Just going down yeah. and uh, it's flat calm. We must have gone. When would we go? It was September, October mm. time. So it so was a beautiful time. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm waiting for you to hit the rapids. <laughs> there weren't any rapids. All oh, right, is a beauty. it's a good thing. This is not what we this did. Is, this is not our kayaking. So don't be wrong. This is we the... stopped. We stopped. They weren't rapids. Uh, they weren't rapids. So sorry, you stopped. On, sorry, man. along the way. There are these lovely little kind of like rock mm. uh, platforms mm-hmm. um, made with the local stone. Yeah. Little plat- or kind of carved out by the river. Yeah. Um, when it was higher, obviously. And we just basically rocked up, mm. um, put our k- kayaks on the side and sat down. Glass and of pasties, French sandwich. Pasties. Perfect. French sandwich. Done. Honestly. Literally the whole is bottle. The, <laughs> is there anything better than that? We then, it was oh. a two day trip. Bear in mind, so we, we set off, so we should go and get the next campsite. I think we fell asleep. We did the two-day trip in one day, ended up back in Cahors, fell asleep <laughs> on the river for about an hour or so of it, sure. and um, ended half up... Half a bottle of yeah, half bottle of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was it. So that was, that's my... Um, we ended up going to a lovely little restaurant, and this is when I discovered how <laughs> kind of lovely Cahors was, because mm. it's we found this half bottle of 19... I don't know, 98, um, Cahors, which I thought, oh God, that might be That'd in be the hedge. Good. Yeah. Kind yeah. of, this was only 10 years ago, so that mm. was still, had good age on it. Yeah. And it was a half bottle as well. Mm. And we had steak, um, mm. like a ribeye or mm. entrecots, mm. uh, sure, they yeah. said. Mm-hmm. And we opened this half bottle. 
It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. So we asked for another one. They didn't have another one. So we oh, had to go wow. on to the current vintage. And it obviously wasn't as yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. But it was ridiculous because the value of it was just, it was nothing. It hardly cost us anything. Yeah. So we ended up, having, so this is why Cahors has always been in my kind of like, mm. my, I had got a soft spot for Cahors. And, um, and I think if you, we've poured this. This is a 2016 from Chateau du Cedre. And it's a, um, it's a kind of a family owned. Um, in my mind, that's just Cedric's Castle. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. I'm sorry. It's Pasc- Cedar Castle. <laughs> Cedar. Cedar. Um, and Pascal and uh, Jean Marc. <laughs> uh, the problem about this podcast is when you get the names. It's Verhage. Uh, what, what I think we suggest, I suggest we do, is turn it into a long-running joke because otherwise <laughs> we're gonna not going to survive. <laughs> hey, we're that funny wine podcast that can't say anyone's name. We're doing it on purpose. So they it's took fine. over. They took over from his dad, Charles, who bottled this first in seventy-three. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're the second generation, and they're now they're now running it, looking after it. Um, they kind of they, they have a huge passion for motorcycles. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's quite nice to mm-hmm. put a little bit of uh, character and personality in there. Sure. Um, and they've had some good experience. They've, worked, they've made wine in Napa and Burgundy. Um, and so, a, it's, and so it's a real family affair. Then it's a real yes. Yeah. And they, but they've, 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 they've travelled, which is quite nice because to make wine in Napa Valley uh, for like a local a local family like Chateau yeah. family. I think it's amazing. It's yeah. It doesn't often happen. I'm going to get to, to, to go that bit, to go for a French family to go to America to get winemaking experience is I mean, look, is the, bananas. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. They learn the hard way yeah, yeah, in the yeah. judgment of Paris. Yeah. When they lost yeah. to America. That, that's, yeah. that's to Napa. So um, it's quite, it's good. It's, that's, that is good. And then, um, you know, I think Jean-Marc is responsible for the vineyards, whereas Pascal takes care of the, the wines and the distribution side of it. Um, I, I, again, unfortunately, I haven't met them. Mm. Um, this is a little half bottle. It's a 2016. Guys, if you're listening, we'd love to come and see you. Yeah, we'd love to come and see you. <laughs> so weird that you've discovered this podcast, but it'd be great to come and see you. <laughs> so with, with this, it'd be great. We'll be, we'll be down there next week. Uh, yeah. Isolation uh, yeah. doesn't matter anymore. It's We're recorded over. on the ferry. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is 2016 from Cahor. Half bottle. So the one thing you need to know, to know about um, half bottles is that they age quicker than normal bottles. Or okay. Uh, and again with with magnums. Mm. So they because they've effectively you've got the same cork and the same size neck. Same neck. Same yeah. oxygen um, coming through to it. Okay, and, yeah, right. Effectively, it's a smaller but just amount, smaller less amount of wine in the less amount of room. Okay. Yeah. So it's, wow. Okay. It's great. It's thirteen. It's a. So oh, is that a good precursor of telling when something's good to lay down? Like, if you have a half bottle of it and it's good after a couple of years. Yeah, like I mean, it would be a reason. Yeah, five, yeah, it's a reason. reason. It would be awesome. Sorry, I don't know why I'm trying to be tactical about wine, but... It, yeah. when, it's, when, it's, when it tends to cost a bit more, then you don't want to be... Well, because, I mean, traditionally, you, you do have a habit of accidentally buying half bottles thinking yes, that they're incredibly well. good value. <laughs> yeah. yeah, tell us that story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yes. But, um... Do a lot of vineyards make half bottles? Do they all make half bottles? No, half bottles are quite hard. We, we've actually got a lot of um, old world half bottles. Mm. I would love some new world stuff, but I don't tend to do but it Why as are much. they made? Are they just made for restaurants and 
yeah, travel yeah. and yeah. I mean, stuff I, like I, that. during lockdown, I, I don't care what they made. They've been yeah. fantastic I mean, yeah, because yeah. I've been able to I'm get bottles out to everybody and vegetable tastings. As soon as sort of people yeah. started being on planes, they were like, "Well, I haven't got time to drink a whole bottle." Yeah, there's probably it's well, probably zero. I mean, unless obviously <laughs> we're on the way to New York, and I'm like, "Can I have more wine, please?" Anyway, the, the <laughs> not everyone drinks a bottle a night. <laughs> I mean, so. only if you're really serious about it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Anyway, um, sorry. Yes. So we have, we have, we so are through Pascal doing a distribution and the winemaking and stuff like that. And then we got Jean Marc and the vineyards. This is this this kind of blend um, represents. I say Malbec is predominantly Malbec, and it's ninety percent with five uh, percent Merlot and five percent Tanat. Oh, okay. okay. So the Merlot is obviously an international grape variety, which yeah, is yeah. around the world. Yeah. Tanat is um, a grape variety, is pretty much standard around. The southwest of France, mm-hmm. or in Uruguay, <laughs> or in Uruguay. I don't know where I thought <laughs> yeah. you were going to say it wasn't Uruguay, but okay. Uruguay. But Uruguay apparently oh. are doing good Albarino as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I heard. Cli- climate would make sense on the on the coast and stuff, definitely. Yeah. So we got that. That so Malbec is obviously the the principal um, grape here. And this is where it's... Can, can, you, I, can I ask yeah, a, an sure. awkward question that you might not know the answer to? Why do they cut that last 10%? Why do they cut it? Why, I mean, why do they... I mean, presumably it's to balance or to to remove an excess of something or possibly because it's how they've always done yeah. it. <laughs> I think... Well, what this represents actually their chateau... So this is representation, right. represents a representation yeah. it, of of plantings. I understand. Right. So they grow the three grapes, and this is their house blend. Yeah. Well. However, uh-huh. Merlot is an earlier ripening grape okay. variety, and it's it's a, a bit rounder, yeah. softer. Yeah. So it might add a bit more, so a bit more roundness and softness. I was going to say this is I mean, this has got more roundness and softness than the last one, which I think, to be honest. Most would, given the mm. high level of tannins and acidity, but yeah, okay, I definitely do get. So that. this is less tannin than this, and then the tannat. I mean, tannat is just local. Uh, it's it's actually quite a high um, tannic wine and deep wine as well. Mm. So um, I don't know on that one because I don't have as much experience with tannat. I just know it's quite a, an interesting grape variety. It's not very mm. widely grown, um, but they, I think I think the blends might be representative of their mm. of their vineyards. Yeah. and the area and also the Merlot might be there to soften it mm-hmm. there's also a connotation with uh, Merlot and, and Malbec in, from Bordeaux when they did that sure yeah. Yeah. Okay. and then you've also got the ageing as well so you've also got um, this is aged 20 to 22 months of uh, ripening in new oak as well as old barrels used once or twice so they've got a quite okay. a lot of new oak uh, influence in this. I mean, that's huge. 20, so, 20 so would they months. use the new oak, and then when they feel like it needs to go into old oak for a bit to balance it out, that's how they, they yeah. put it in there for a bit. Well, it would, then... the new oak would definitely soften it. It would right, definitely okay. give it a lot of texture and character and, mm. and and roundness to to that to this wine. It would soften the malbec and the harsher mm. elements of that blend, mm. um, and it it would turn it. You, I I've, when I smell this, I I literally. I get quite a bit of I get quite a bit of that barrel influence and connotation yeah. with Bordeaux that kind of smell definitely that you do associate and it, the with roundness that. is definitely there. So uh, the has um, 
just got there with them in the technicalities there but i mean it's they do say fermentation does not exceed 28 degrees but i've seen wine making and I, it's very difficult to keep it below 28. Uh, i mean yeah, how do you temper control especially in a chateau like if it sounds like quite a traditional they'd have, they'd have definitely they'd, no they wouldn't they'd, they'd have temperature controlled vats and chill the vats so in my mind yeah. it's a underneath the castle right it's underneath game well no of it, it probably and is underneath the castle <laughs> you know. but they've yeah. also got modern plumbing Sure. <laughs> All right. Modern plumbing. Yes, but I think in my a... mind, it's one way or the other. You've got the most modern winemaking facility in the world, or it's a cave and it's wooden buckets. <laughs> I mean, that, that I've got to be. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I think that's quite Bordelais in style. If that was yeah. uh, on a yeah. on a Bordeaux uh, table, a tasting that's with Bordeaux, bang. there would be there would be differences. That's but it's... seriously good as well. I think it. I think it's a quite a. It's a very traditional style of wine. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely, it's it's yeah old old trade. Guys, Quite old trade. Guys, old, old, I think old I prefer old. this one to the new organic one. Whoosh. I think I prefer the traditional <laughs> one. No, this is yeah, it's a, a real, really lovely. It's a beautiful wine. Absolutely mm. beautiful. It's mm. definitely classier. It's a very classy and wine. It says, it says, in fact, on the Love Wine website, I think the opening line is basically like. This is a traditional wine. Like this is this is a wine since wine was wine kind of thing. Uh, that is a terrible quote because that's not not at all what it says. But it, you do say like this is a traditional wine, and yeah, but it's yeah. This I, is I think this is why these wines are, these, yeah. these why these wines are popular because I'm going to be so, I, if I blind tasted that on a on a flight of Bordeaux, mm. I don't know, maybe you you think it would trick you? I probably would. Well, yeah. is it two of the five? Yeah, Merlot and so yeah. yeah you think it would yeah. trick you? Yeah? Exactly. Wow. Wow. Yeah, but I mean that's that doesn't really say too much. So then, so so then, in reality, for the for the price point, actually, yeah. that's a legit bargain then for such a good quality. Yeah, what is that? That's but it's still about twelve. It's about twelve quid a quid bo- for, for, for a full bottle. No, I, this is this is twelve quid for half. A it's twelve oh, for is half. It? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. So we're still talking like in twenties. But still, 20s. for a good Bordeaux, and a sixteen, well, I still think that's well. not bad at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Cahors, um, is that's the wine I'd give my dad at Christmas dinner, and he'd be blown away. Is uh, what, yeah, is very exactly happy. what it would be. I agree, exactly and that's that traditional, yeah. old school element of yeah. wine. And I like, think it's to do with a lot to do with the barrel aging, yeah, and that influence. Yeah. Also, because and it sounds obvious because they've softened it a bit. Um, it's. It doesn't require the um, injection of food to cut through the tannin to make it. No. Yeah. More. Even dry was, I was, was going to say bearable. I, that I, that I sounds am, terrible because Le Pepier yeah. was a, an amazing wine, mm. but just drinking it straight without an accompaniment oh, is well, actually one hundred percent. Yeah. This you is, can't is chewing through I, it. This, a bit. I put a movie on and I can sit down and drink this. Whereas this actually, you could sip happily. Do you think it'd be? I I kind of associate that with the. By the fire and, uh, yeah. and yeah. that kind of thing. Definitely. Like the original kind of Malbec assumption, yeah. but not Malbec as like, we know. But that's what I mean. No, like, this, is, this, is, this is almost after dinner on a Sunday afternoon, somebody's put Spartacus on. You've got your slippers. Falling, this is Spartacus. Everybody's falling asleep. On <laughs> you've got the, on your the slippers sofa. on. You've got oh, your feet up on the butler. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And then you've just got this and that's yeah. you're well away. Okay, let's just stop this now and go and put Spartacus <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, it's four hours long. We will see you game. tomorrow. We've only got a quarter of a bottle left. Actually, you, not you, even that. That's, and that's my fault, and I apologise. Um, so, shall we take a small break and try this with some cheese? And then yeah. come back and see what we Let's think? do, see what we can do. 
so having tried a little new tasting, which uh, pairing, what would we do? We did the uh, blue cheese, didn't we? We tried some Stilton, we tried some Gorgonzola. Um, and uh, you have been proven very correct of what you said before, in fact, of that, yeah. <laughs> no, it, no, it's it, a good, nice first time. But the, 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 <laughs> the, the salt in the blue cheese, um, yeah, doesn't go with the big red. And it's not really about the bigness, it's the, the bigness. It's about the tannin. Yeah. I've, never, the size. I've never said that before. <laughs> it's not about the bigness, it's about the motion in the tannin. <laughs> And what you do with it? <laughs> so the blue cheese. Uh, yeah. No, we had we had two. So we got a gorgonzola on there. And what was the other one you said? It was, it was, it was uh, Neil's uh, Neil's Dairy uh, yeah. Stilton, from which I have to say was was delicious. Mm. But we had this connotation. I know I have all the time. Like you in front of the fire with a, a block of Stilton mm. and a um, a good bottle a, of red. A good Dill bottle red. of yeah. Bordeaux, hearty, mm. hearty red, and. It doesn't really work. Like, if you like it, you like it. And mm. I, I fully get that. And I always say yeah. that to you. I said it before, I say it now. Mm-hmm. I am not here to tell you what you like and what you don't like. Yeah. However, technically speaking, mm. it might be worth considering the, the actual, the, there might be something which works better. No, no, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm only laughing because it's, I agree with you 100%. It's like, look, you do whatever you want. If you want to buy a 50 quid bottle of whiskey and pour Coke into it, go for your life. Yeah. But it might be worth considering. Not doing it. <laughs> Don't do that, you insane yeah. person. <laughs> yeah. So we do. Yeah. We do this like, with the, with the. I think it derived, and you yeah. you you said it. I'm. Yeah. Not, you, you nailed it. No, you like. I think it comes from when Port and Stilton, and it's that's like a match made in heaven. Mm. It's because you have the saltiness of the Stilton of the blue, and you have the sweetness, the sweet from the port, salt. And sweet, like we said before, works really well. Mm. But the problem with salt is it really doesn't work with tannin. It makes yeah. it more astringent. So if you're having having a Bordeaux, if mm. it's potentially, you know, you can work it if that Bordeaux is twenty years old and the tannin is has settled right years. down yeah. and all of the sweetness yeah. has come right it's up. Just fruit, fruit there. And if there's yeah. fruit still there, it might, yeah. it probably work. Yeah. But I don't think if it's a young Bordeaux, it's so, going to... So what you're saying is you're that if you have a 500 bottle of Bordeaux... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're buying 20 to 30-year-old bottles of Bordeaux, crack on with the blue. Yeah, if Otherwise... You're, if you're listening and you've got a Lunatour 86, <laughs> just carry on, son. Yeah. But also, could you text us? We're lovewinepod at twitter.com. <laughs> However, if your Bordeaux is a little bit younger, I think you need to think about it again. And fruit forward, less tannin works better with salty foods. So the third wine, which is the Saurus, it's called Saurus Barrel Ferment, is from Familia Schroeder. Familia Schroeder is in the south of Argentina. We're talking... um, Patagonia, Argentina, mm-hmm. um, rather than up further north, where a lot of them come from. Near that's the Mendoza, Mendoza. That's your yeah. classic Argentine Malbec stomping ground. Yes, exactly, and they yeah. usually roll up to the back of the Andes and Tupungata, yeah. um, etc. So like, that's that's a really the really popular area, and this area, Patagonia, has become insanely the Argentine side, mm. Nequén and uh, Rio Negro. Um, it's it's quite a it's quite an interesting area um and we've uh, yeah i've got one for us to taste i think yeah. we're gonna go and uh, you're gonna cook a uh, cook a burger right yes i am i am shortly yeah 
Well, we thought we'd uh, go for... I mean, the obvious pairing is, like, steak, but what, are we made of money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But also no, that whole my thinki- my thinking, my, beef thing. My thinking was, I can't go and cook a steak. That'll take too long. So I'll go and cook burgers instead. Look, I've, look, I've, I've made a mistake. Let's chat <laughs> more, more, more burger. So we, uh, we've just enjoyed um, an amazing uh, homemade hand formed chuck beef burger. That's right. I ground the meat myself, made my own burger. It was meant to be a slider, but it turns out somebody doesn't know how to do things small. No, I definitely can't make small burgers. Because who wants a small burger? It's a burger. Anyway. Fine. <laughs> um, it was an insane burger. What was the cheese in it? Uh, Monterey, Monterey Jack. Jack. Right. Lay it over the top. Good stuff. How did you bind the mints? Oh, nothing. Literally oh. nothing. Oh, wow. You that just, makes it even better. You just, you, Welcome you, to the cooking show yeah, with Mike and Will. You grind yes. the meat. You, you've been grinding the meat yourself. Yeah. It's so fresh. You just... It just it's sticky because it's literally oh. just been. How did you make the, um, your bread? The bread? <clears throat> I made the buns myself. How did it go with the wine, gentlemen? Oh, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Wine. I mean, I've got to admit, I was a little bit um, excited about the burger, but it made the wine. It blew the wine out of the water. I mean, literally, not blew it out of the water. It's not the right thing. It just together, it was yeah, insane. It was so uh, I've gone straight in with superlatives. Um, I'm going to just <laughs> tell you something a little bit about the wine. Uh, Saurus, we left off with the Saurus uh, Familia Schroeder. Mm-hmm. It is a barrel ferment, which means that it was fermented in barrel. Sure. Supposed to fermenting in vat and then aging in barrel. Mm-hmm. The actual fermentation went through um, these big barrels. It's never easy having a burger and then trying to talk. Sure. It's fine. We, we might sound a little gassy, <laughs> forgive us. In our other podcast, we eat a burger and then we drink beer while we do it. Imagine that. Oh, okay. Well, that's another <laughs> level, yeah. Um, but I think that the source we have on the, the, the label is a really good place to start. So it has some quite interesting situations. Uh, it's from Patagonia, Nequen, mm-hmm. if I'm pronouncing that correct, which is kind of one of the main areas down in Argentina, Patagonia, not the other side. And um, we have we have a, a Malbec from the 2017 vintage. Mm. It's a barrel ferment, which is the one where you age it in the barrel rather than right, the vat, okay. which gives it a lot more texture, softness, smoothness, right. you're riches. Not changing it between vessels, it just all happens in one place. Yeah, there's not. I, I mean, they've been. Yes, well, they, it's not as simple as that. But it, yeah, it's it's just basically the the barrel. The, Fermentation works in the barrel. The barrel adds texture they, and softness. They macerate this in steel, right? Yes. And then it, then goes, it goes into into barrel, and then it spends the rest of its time in a barrel until it hits the bottle. Right. Yes, exactly. I mean, I think they, they macerate... What's the, the fine details between maceration and fermentation? They macerate to extract, and then they ferment in the barrel. Mm. I think that's correct. Maceration so, is an extraction mm-hmm. method, whereas fermentation is... Yeah, the, but you, you macerate and ferment in the same vessel oh, a lot wow. of the time. Okay, and, okay. And, uh, but this is a separation of the two. Right. Um, and the way that the reason they want to do that is they want to they want to have that bowel ferment fermentation. And is that what gives it that crazy softness that this has got? Oh yeah, I think so. Texture, yeah, softness, yeah. and yeah. smoothness. Because the texture of this, I mean, does not go without talking it's about. Seriously, I mean, sexy one. It's so silky yeah. and just luxurious. It's bananas. Yeah, the, the it is, and that with the that with the food, the burger was just yeah. outrageous. It just elevated the wine to another level. So that's so my initial instinct unsurprisingly for Malbec was to cook a steak I was going to cook a steak mm. but actually steak is like I could cook a really expensive nice fancy pants piece of steak and it would be really nice and it would definitely be amazing but equally I thought if this wine is as nice as this clearly is going to be 
if it can elevate something like a and we literally had burger cheese ketchup in a bun we didn't yeah. it wasn't anything fancy i didn't use any fancy cuts of meat or anything like that if it can elevate something like that that's what it's all about right it's just that's 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 my business maybe i'm getting over excited yeah, but i think you've drunk, done something you know I, mean. I think you've done something which because uh, it wasn't a fatty uh sure. burger yep it was it was quite a lean burger. Yeah, but it was it was it from a fatty cut. So it's a, it is a fattier cut, but it's yeah. probably about eighty twenty fat. So it is yeah. a lower, low. It's a higher end of the low of the lean right. cuts. And, and that was really interesting because it worked beautifully. Because you usually if you the, it works better. We're talking with the core cahor, which is a higher tannin, mm. and the pepe, which is higher. Yeah, and that works yeah, better with the fattier, fat fattier cuts of steak, fattier cuts of yeah, exactly. Because it was low, and then you did you did the cheese in there, which is rich. Mm. Um, it, it just it just worked seriously yeah. well. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know, I don't know. Well, but I think, but I think no. equally. But if you may, if 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 we'd done something with a fattier cut of meat, with like if I'd use cheddar or like a a fattier or oilier when it's melted piece of cheese and that kind of stuff it would have needed something sharper with a higher acidity to cut through it so mm. this kind of thing is like like I say it's not you can't just say oh Malbec and beef this is a complementary match you, not you a contrast know, match yeah, yeah it's complementary what, what I mean is it's the, the variations within that you can't just say Malbec and beef it's there's a million degrees in in the middle as well. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and I got incredibly lucky today. Apparently, I did not do that on purpose. I'd love to say I did, but yeah. The 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 the, um, the recommendations on the website for this, mm. on the webby and the internet. Mike's Burgers, roasted <laughs> lamb, grilled sausages, mm. or steak au poivre. I mean, I, I don't like that's, steak au poivre. That's incredibly like specific. It is <laughs> very specific. <laughs> Steak. I don't. I don't. Wait. Know. I'm not a fan of steak oh, with this sauce. Oh. And they also get a little bit French with that as well. They need to go over that. I'm not a fan of steak apart just because I think whose website is that? Steak's flavour should be good enough. <laughs> no, I hate. I, I, if I'm going to have steak, I want to eat I steak. I want steak. I agree. And I will I constantly. I would never have. With a, the exception of a tiny little pot of Bernays sauce next to me, because I do need that. So anyway, <laughs> this is this is, this is a wine, wine with every wine meal, with every meal, cereal, Bernays. It's a bit weird when he does it with cornflakes. This is but this is a, it a, a wine podcast. This is a wine podcast. You're quite right, Rob. Sorry. Anyway, so the the, the familiar Schroeder Saurus Bauer ferment mm. is insanely popular. Mm. I mean, it's twenty cup, twenty two, twenty three quid. But it's bugs, it's yeah. uh, it works bugs. Yeah. it works so well and it sells so well. That's a, it's just a. But very this is your wine. this is your. You're having your family over for Sunday roast, like amazing bottle of yeah. a bottle of Malbec, like you know. Assuming you're having lamb, beef, steak au poire, <laughs> or apparently <laughs> sausages. They're very specific things. But this is what we're saying. This is what we're, I was saying when we weren't recording is like this is something like I would even within eating a burger. This is a bur- this is something I want to drink with a burger now. But if I'm eating a burger and I'm outside and it's July and I'm having a barbecue, yes. I want La Pepe. Because mm-hmm. La Pepe, we had that as well. I mean, we, we revisited La Pepe. Yeah, indeed, yeah, it, absolutely. And it works incredibly well as well. It might work very well with char-grilled stuff too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know, I don't... I don't and that I don't, tends to go hand in hand yeah, with yeah. summer barbecues, doesn't Definitely, it? Definitely, yeah. But yeah. it's... Uh, it's lighter. And then, yeah, but then, then I think... That fireplace stuff would be the Saurus and the, the Chateau mm. de Cedre, mm-hmm. that cow mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah. look, I mean, I think I have a bit of a problem with jammy um, 
overripe Malbecs that come from like Central Valley Mendoza. Well, so your classic black to red ripe fruit, the, the, the overripe, classic Argentine. Stuff. Anything that's got beefsteak yeah. written on the label. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then, and then the thing about Patagonia is mm. the same as Tupungato, which is the higher altitude. Mm. If you get that higher altitude um, or cooler cooler climate I say yeah. look we, you need two things you need sunshine during the day and you need, you need um, um, cold nights mm-hmm. to retain the acidity and then that makes and a long hang time right okay. and then you get you get really nice ripe fruit mm. good acidity and complexity and layers mm. and then you can treat it how you like in, in, in the winery and I think that makes for a, a good Argentine Malbec mm. uh, I'm not a fan of the big jammy overripe Malbecs but I mean that's the thing that seems to be true of like the last couple of podcasts that we've done as well the last couple of conversations we've had about this kind of stuff is that it still amazes me that it needs to be such a fine balance of climate and weather and x y and z and this and that and the other and yet there is still people like La Pepe going oh no we got none of that here I'm mm. gonna make it anyway, and how any of them do it is beyond me. It's, I mean, it's well, it's, insanely they're very drink ta- their wine, not talented wine. growers, and I think mm. I, I also think that's a really good important thing for a lot of the things we're focusing rather than wine makers. We're actually starting to focus and think about wine growers mm. because if you're looking at these guys, this is all the Pepe, Le Pepe, it's Le Pepe all is great. all made in. The, it's all yeah. in the winery. It's mm. also it's excuse me. It's all in the vine. It's all in the vines. Right. Okay. It's there. It's made. So it's all. It's a grower's wine, mm. rather than it's made in the the winery in the cellar. Right, okay. And I think that going forward is something that we need to concentrate on and not look at the manipulation in the actual winery as well. Mm. And a lot of the wines that we look at are that they're grower's wines mm. and they're grower's grower's. Um, Great stuff. So, um, a couple of things, fun facts to finish, which I think mm. I started at the beginning. No, it's perfect. Um, we talked about lo- uh, love, <laughs> Malbec, about loving love. son. <laughs> you can um, tell we've had some wine where we're Argentina, love. <laughs> Argentina saved Malbec. Yep. Is that a big claim? Is that a good claim? Before Argentina took on Malbec, it was just a minor grape in southwest France? I think, the yeah, the French had just, they'd not given up on it. It was preserved and they 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 grew a bit but i mean i would say did it did it did it stand uh did it make a good part of the blend of bordeaux and did that they were going it for bordeaux for the color right pretty much they wanted that purple color but they don't really use it that much now so it can't have been that important yeah exactly yeah Yeah. exactly so that's that's i mean yes argentina did make it uh blind tasting clue so um if you're looking at malbec if predominantly from, I'm saying Argentina. You're going to get more of a like a blue kind of a plums, blueberries. No, 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 no. A, a blue magenta rim. Okay. Yeah, it has this amazing ability to create a blue rim when you're looking at it from a that kind of angle. It's very young. Okay. Um, so that's another thing when you're looking at it. Like <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> Um, this, I mean, that's like this is a 17 as well. So when you got it, when it's a lot younger, it does have that blue color. And violets as well. Violets is quite particular to Malbec. Um, and then the um, the higher the better, which we were talking about just before. Preach by the preach. <laughs> I'm glad this is on there because I said it. 
<laughs> Malbec struggles to maintain acidity in lower elevations, but does fabulously higher in higher elevations because it mm. keeps that that diurnal. Difference. So again, why it lends itself to places like Argentina and Patagonia yeah. and stuff, where it's all rocky. They got mountains. They got mountains over there. Oh, we've got a couple. <laughs> a couple. So that cold night, that sunny day, diurnal mm. difference, and that really works for mm. for this grape variety. So again, no. Cahors probably has warmer. There's probably there's probably the less diurnal. I say Loire actually is. It's a very hill and valley area. It's not it's not mountainous, but there is elevation at least. There is elevation above above sea level, I suppose. Yeah, and then it's. I mean, it's very. I'd say it's a bit more moist and wet than. Yeah, yeah. Definitely Um, damper than Argentina. (laughs) And then uh, Malbec's a team player, team player. Single variety Malbec wines are tasty, but try blending them with Cab and um, Red Bull. I blend, so Argentina is doing a... For a horrible second, I thought you said Red Bull. <laughs> Red Bull. Red Bordeaux we blend. not in China. Not Red Bull, <laughs> Red Bordeaux blends. Wow. So wow. Um, so in Argentina, <laughs> the Argentina grows very, um, Cabernet Franc mm-hmm. uh, and, and Merlot and... and you were saying these guys, the, the Saurus and, and the Patagonian region specifically, is, is they're growing Pinot Noir. They are growing Pinot Noir. As oh well, wow! Yes. Wow, really? Yes, yes, they are exactly. Um, but that would one to oh, watch. And for Fena, me. yeah, apparently Saurus, you found your new favourite producer. The next level up, and it's mm. uber premium, is a Malbec Pinot blend. If you ever believe that's true. Well, it is about to be Christmas, so... Uh, okay. We're talking 45 quid a bottle, but it's a thing. I'm not going to... I didn't think Barbeck and Pinot could be a thing. you got a love wine? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the S-Blend. And it's the... the, the, the <laughs> so, we look, sorry, for the, for the listener, Rob and I just look directly into each other's faces. We have to say, so, next weekend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, I'd say it's probably more of a confusing wine that is... Uh, okay. it's, 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 it's insane. It's great. It's like, yeah. how has this been made? This is perfect. This is oh, amazing. you're saying it's weird? It sounds right up my street. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. And then... Um, no, the last thing is uh, mark your calendars. Why? We've missed it. No. Mark your calendars for next year. <laughs> mark your calendar for next year. 17th of April is World Malbec Day. Yeah, it's not like they don't have a world everything day. I we think do. you'll find yeah, every no, day no, is no. wine day in my house, so yeah. uh, we can make it well. I don't day. like it when they do it on the 17th, because that moves. It means occasionally it's going to be a Wednesday or what have you. Mm. Uh, I think World Tequila Day is pegged at a specific yeah, Friday. Sunday. <laughs> any, any wine, every any, Sunday. Any wine, any wine day has got to be a Friday or a Saturday, otherwise give me a break. Anyway, um, I think that's... Uh, a, a, Sampling yeah. of Malbec. What else you want yeah. to know about Malbec? God damn it! I mean, come yeah. on. well, the myriad other varieties, <laughs> blends, producers. Yeah. Do they make Malbec anywhere other than France and Argentina? Yes. Yeah, yeah. They, they make it in New York. The deep, I tell you what, there's a Long, in seriousness, is, Long, yeah, yeah, Long Island okay. and New York have Long become, Island, Long Island, Malbec. Long Island and New York have become big producers. Long Island, in particular, for some reason, it grows very well there. So Long Island Malbec is becoming very trendy mm, in the States at the moment. I mean, how we would get our hands on it. I would assume it's small producers. I like Long it's... Island iced teas. Sure. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, I hope they don't taste the same. Well, this they make like a good cocktail, so <laughs> but yeah, it's but strong. In, in seriousness, for some reason, and you would think Long Island, foggy, 
you know, it's not a hot place. I mean, really hot summers. Yeah, they do. They do make Re- Riesling. I think is a very popular. But yeah, yeah I wouldn't let's say put Riesling next to um, Malbec. However, I wouldn't put Malbec in yeah. uh, next to Muscadet. Yeah. Hey, what, are, yeah. what do we know? What do we know? <laughs> but yeah, good. The, the, I think I've got a little diagram here with France, United States, South Africa, South Africa. Demas. Just to be clear, the diagram that uh, Will is referring to is a ring. Yes. uh, It's basically a pie chart. Pie chart. um, Of which... Which is a diagram. More than... (laughs) More than three quarters is Argentina. Argentina, yeah. Most of the remaining quarter is France. Yes. And then we have some little little lines of colour. What have we got? (laughs) So the little lines of colour are... Actually, the US is quite big. So then we've got South Africa... Australia, Italy, New Zealand, Spain, and Uruguay. Uruguay and Malbec. Yeah. It's, it's, it's on the list. There you go. It's on the list. Nine, 97,355 acres. And that was in 2011. Wow. So yeah. probably, I don't know. Uh, so it's so popular. Lost, uh, it's popular. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a fantastic great price. Well, I mean, I think that's, if, any, if anything we've proven tonight is that it's super kind of multi-purpose super <laughs> <laughs> no it's a super it's super multifaceted you know it can yeah. hit a number of different things it's it does what you want it to depending on what you want to do you can just drink Malbec if you want to apparently absolutely and I totally agree with you and I think we should carry on doing that you've been listening to the love wine cast for more information on or to purchase any of the wines in this episode please contact Love Wine via their website, lovewine.je. From Will, Mike and Rob, we thank you for listening and hope to see you again in our next episode.